Hello, I'm your host, Luke, and this is finally my second part as more of an intro as to why I feel as to if you're religious, more specifically Catholic, like I was raised, why you should read the Bible. Growing up, I feel I was exposed mostly to the New Testament, I mean, in the Old Testament, I think that they mainly touched on Exodus. Didn't really touch on the conquering of Cana, the Holy Land. Um, so, if you go back a little ways, you'll find a podcast I've done which is part one of this three-part series um, called uh, The Story of a Reformed Catholic. This is part two, just as when the Bibles were actually written. Uh, Part three will be my own personal, I guess I'd just call it heresy, the Marcionism heresy, and I'll get to that in a minute. In part three, but. So when. (laughs) When was the Bible written? The Bible consists of the Old Testament and the New Testament. So about 1.329 billion people in the world, according to the census of the 2020 Pontifical Yearbook, the number of baptized Catholics in the world was about 1.329 billion at the end of 2018. I'd love to know how many uh, <laughs> are practicing. Because, uh, you know, like, I'm, I guess I would be included in that because I'm... You know, I'm baptized, and to be honest with you, I'm not sure if I'm confirmed or not, because, you know, that's like your, I think, unofficial step into adulthood, um, attend. So I'm, I'm going to count it as how many Catholics in the world attend Mass. Um, yeah, and they're not, they're not telling me what that population is. I mean, here's a poll saying, this is from September 14th, 2020, 36% of young Catholics say they will attend mass less often after pandemic. I mean, that, that, that doesn't tell me anything. So, next we go, apparently there's like a, uh, like a uh, stigma that apparently Catholics are accused of not reading the Bible. Um, This comes to us from St. Paul's Center for Biblical Theology. 
Catholicism is soaked in scripture and the central rite of Catholicism, the Mass, is profoundly biblical, is not only derived from the history of Israel, but it also uses the scripture throughout bringing the Bible to life in a way not seen anywhere else. Scripture is an encounter with Jesus, the Word of God, and the Eucharist is taking the Word of God into blah, blah, blah. And the Mass, our encounter with God is complete. It's not just in the liturgy that Catholics encounter the Bible. Catholics use the Scriptures for the study of theology, for personal devotion and prayer, and for public prayer. Moreover, many parishes offer Bible study groups and vacation Bible school. Oh my God, that's the, that was the, literally the worst experience of my life. Oh my God. How could you bring up vacation Bible school? Oh my God. Ugh. So that the faithful not only encounter the Word of God, but also learn how to take their study of the Word deeper. As disciples of Christ, blah, 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 they're spurred on for a deeper knowledge of Scripture, for as St. Jerome reminds them, quote, ignorance of the Scriptures is ignorance of Christ. Um, so where does the charge that Catholics don't read the Bible comes from? This criticism originates from a certain Protestant point of view and is based on various bits of half-truths or mistakes. Prior to the advent of the printing press, um, in widespread literacy, it was true that most Catholics never read the Bible. But this was not because most Catholics can read anything. The majority of people were illiterate. These developments with the invention of the printing press aided the spread of the Protestant doctrine of sola scriptura, the belief that the Bible is the only source of divine revelation, as well as their belief in the individual interpretation of the Bible, um, the idea that every Christian can interpret the Bible for themselves. Church rejected this new and Protestant understanding of the Scripture. The Bible was not the only source of revelation about God. God also revealed himself in nature and through sacred tradition. Catholic catechesis, I probably said that wrong, then include truths not only directed, directly drawn from the Bible uh, to Protestants. This looked like the church was prioritizing man-made traditions over biblical teaching. Likewise, the church maintained that biblical reading was not only the only form of praiseworthy devotion. Um, aside from doc these doctrinal issues, the widespread belief that Catholics don't read the Bible does have some foundation in reality. For a long time, much of the laity did not engage sacred scripture as much as they probably should have. However, what truth exists in these criticisms has been grossly overblown. The church, especially in the 20th century, is never tired of encouraging the faithful to read the Bible. Um, I mean, it just goes into word salad. Um, 
And then he, they go on to say, all these factors have come together to create the common misconception that Catholics don't read the Bible, that the church doesn't really want them to. Well, obviously, because that probably makes them more likely to say uh, what you teach and what you preach off of don't exactly line up. And that's, the, to me, the Marcionism heresy. Oh, I love saying that. Yeah, while Catholics don't approach the Bible in the same way as Protestants, scriptures nevertheless are of supreme importance in the life of the church. All Catholics are encouraged to read and learn them. Well, you heard that here first, guys, um, from St. Paul Center uh, for Biblical Theology. Go read the first book of uh, Joshua about the walls of Jericho. Yeah, you'll love that. Uh, <laughs> I just love this because I found a uh, Quora uh, question saying, is it true that Catholics don't read to the Bible? This person would like to convert and came from a Protestant background, but they find found that very odd. Um Um, okay, this guy is a practicing, believing Catholic, um, not going to say his name, but his posting on Quora has had 15 million answer views, um, and he's very active on Quora. The average Catholic probably doesn't have the chapter and verse familiarity the sacred scripture that many Protestants have, but the Bible is an important, indeed a vital part of their worship life. There's a three-year cycle for scripture readings for Sunday Masses. There's a two-year cycle for daily Masses. If a person went to Mass every day for two years and went every Sunday for the third, she slash he would here more than 70% of the New Testament and 13.5% of the Old Testament. I mean, kind of seems off balance, right? And that's where I'm going to get to with the next part. Uh, moreover, virtually the entire Mass has elements of Scripture running through it, blah, blah, blah. That was once called the proper in the Mass. Um, this guy says... Has personally read the Bible from end to end. He did it as a Lenten devotion during two years. And he says, um, and he's far from being the only Catholic who's done this. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I don't know where they're going with that. Um, so I looked up who wrote the Bible, mostly the Old Testament, because I, I associate that with, like, the Dead Sea Scrolls. Um, so we go to history.com, known for telling nothing but the facts, god dang it. 
Old Testament, the singular author theory. Old Testament narrates the history of the people of Israel over about a millennium, beginning with God's creation of the world and humankind, contains the stories, laws, and moral lessons that form the basis of religious life for both uh, Jews and Christians. For at least a thousand years, both Jewish and Christian tradition held that a single author wrote uh, the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, which together are known as the Torah or the Pentateuch. That single author was believed to be Moses, Hebrew prophet who led the Israelites out of captivity in Egypt, guided them across the Red Sea towards the Promised Land. Which, there's an interesting side theory that the name Moses is actually Egyptian. I mean, in another one, I'm going to kind of prove or at least strongly look at why the book of Exodus and the Exodus from Egypt into Cana never happened. It's more like a folk tale, but um, that's more for uh, another time. Yet, nearly from the beginning, readers of the Bible observed that there were things in the so-called five books of Moses that Moses himself could not have witnessed. His own death occurs near the end of Deuteronomy, volume of the Talmud, 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 sorry, the collection of uh, Jewish laws recorded between the 3rd and 5th centuries AD, dealt with this inconsistency by explaining that Joshua likely wrote the verses about Moses' death. That's one opinion among many, uh, says Joel Baden, a professor at Yale Divinity School. Yeah, he's not biased at all. But they're already asking the question, was it possible or not possible for Moses to have written them? By the time of the Enlightenment, began in the 17th century, most religious scholars were more seriously questioning the idea of Moses' authorship, as well as the idea that the Bible could have possibly been the work of any single author. Those first five books were filled with uh, contradictory, repetitive material, and often seemed to tell different versions of the Israelite stories, even within a single selection of tests. As Baden explains, the classic example of this confusion is the story of Noah and the Flood. You read along and you say, I don't know how many animals Noah took on the ark with him. In this sentence, it says two of every animal. In this sentence, he says he takes two of some animals and 14 of any animals. Similarly, the text records the length of the flood is 40 days in one place and 150 days in another. Uh, to explain the Bible's contradictions, blah, blah, blah. Most scholars today agree that the stories and laws it contains were communicated orally through prose and poetry over centuries, starting around the 7th century BC. Different groups or schools um, of authors wrote them down at different times before they were at some time sometime during the first century B.C., combined into the single multi-layered work uh, of today.
So who wrote the Bible? This is what the actual historical evidence says. Um, Some books of the Bible were written in the clear light of history and their authorship isn't terribly controversial. Other books can be reliably dated to a given period by either internal clues and by their literary style, which develops over time. Religious doctrine, of course, holds that God himself is the author of, or at least an inspiration for the entirety, which was transcribed by a series of humble vessels. About the best that can be said for that notion is that if God really did write the Bible through a millennium-long sequence of various authors, he was certainly doing it the hard way. Uh, as for the actual historical evidence regarding who wrote the Bible, that's a longer story. Uh, so, who wrote the first five books? Uh, I just read that, you know, it's all written by Moses in about 1300 BC, but there are a few issues with that, however, such as the lack of evidence that Moses even ever existed, and the fact that the end of Deuteronomy describes the author dying and being buried. Um, in each case, these Writers are talked about as if they were a single person. These biblical authors include E. E stands for Elohis, the name given to the authors who referred to God as Elohim. Um, J is believed to be the second author of the first five books, much of Genesis and some of Exodus, including the creation count. Genesis chapter 2, this name comes from Yahweh, the German translation. Lation of Y-H-W-H or Yahweh, the name this author used for God. At one time, J was thought to have lived close to the end of time of E, but there's just no way that could be true. Some of the literary devices and turns of phrases that J uses could only have been picked up sometime after 600 B.C. during the Jewish captivity in Babylon. P stands for priestly and is almost certainly refers to a whole school of writers living in and around Jerusalem in the late 6th century B.C., immediately after the Babylonian captivity ended. These writers were effectively reinventing their people's religion from fragmentary texts now lost. Uh, D is for Deuteronomist, which means the guy who wrote Deuteronomy. Like the other four, he was originally attributed to Moses. Uh, that's only possible if Moses liked to write in the third person, could see the future, use language no one else in his time would have used, and knew um, where his own tomb would be. D also takes little sides to indicate just how much time has passed between the events described and at the time of his writing between them. Uh, it was written roughly in 640 B.C. Okay, so the next books are Joshua, Judges, Samuel, and Kings, generally believed to have been written during the Babylonian captivity. 
um, in the middle of the 6th century BC. Finally, the two books of kings cover the, quote, golden age of Israel uh, under the kings Saul, David, and Solomon centered around the 10th century B.C. The intent of the authors isn't even hard to parse. Uh, throughout the book of Kings, the reader is assailed with endless warnings not to worship strange gods or to take up the stranger's ways, uh, especially relevant for people in the middle of the Babylonian captivity. Uh, and then it's... Um, arguing who wrote the different books of the prophets, and then we'll get um, who wrote it. So that was mostly the Old Testament, so who wrote the New Testament? Um, so this is, once again, we go to Quora. Um, you can take the Christian version for John and Luke, more or less. Uh, da, da, da. It's more complicated with Matthew and Mark. Early evidence from church fathers confirms that Matthew was written in Aramaic. Linguists attest to that because many phrases take make little sense in Greek, come alive only in Aramaic and or Hebrew. Mark is known to be an early version of Matthew. Of course, the original Gospels were written in the first century CE, but earliest copies we have are those of John and date to late 2nd century CE. So, um, another answer from a Australian. Hello, Australia. And, uh, Gospel of Mark, circa 70 CE. There are good reasons that nearly all New Testament scholars say that the Gospel of Mark was written around 70 CE. Chapter 13 refers to the First Roman-Jewish War and the destruction of the temple in 70 CE. This is portrayed here as being prophesied by Jesus, but if he saw this, he also prophesied that he would return on clouds of glory during the lifetimes of some to whom he spoke. Um, Gospel of Matthew after 80 CE. There are good reasons that nearly all New Testament scholars say that the Gospels of Matthew and Luke were substantially based on Mark. When they are laid in parallel and read synoptically, or with the same eye, it can be seen there is a literary dependency among them. Further analysis shows that Mark was the original New Testament on which the others were based. Mm. Gospel of Luke. Guess where I got my name. After 90 CE, there's a trend towards... Uh, da, 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 as we progress from Paul, who was a proud... Uh, though each of the Gospels to the last New Testament Gospel, John, Luke is less uh, than John and more so than Matthew. There's just one reason to place Luke a little later than Matthew. Prologue indicates that the author received his gospel information from sources who received them from other sources, the earliest of which he seems to have been eyewitnesses. Mm. Apparent reliance 
on the writings of Josephus suggests Luke was written in the mid to late 90s. Gospel of John, early 2nd century. John's gospel was loosely based on Luke and was therefore written somewhat later. This places its authorship in the 2nd century. Um, and then you also have to wonder how many, how often have these stories and scriptures been translated and, you know, okay, like when you trans translate something from English to Spanish or Spanish to English, it doesn't really translate a hundred percent most of the time. Okay, like uh I have to um drive to school tomorrow. Um was what is it? Yo voy uh, a mandar a la escuela mañana. Um, like I probably said that sentence structure wrong. You know, it's just um, <laughs> like a direct translation to that is I'm going to go to school tomorrow. You know, it's like just dozens or hundreds of times um, these have been translated. Like, the... What year... Was the... Uh, King... Yeah. So the King James Version of the Bible, which, you know, is the one you'll see, is from all the way back in 1611. So, anyways, uh, this has been part two. So, part three is going to be my experience and my belief and in, in interpretation of the Marcionism heresy. Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you have a good weekend. Uh, I know t- tomorrow is only Thursday, but, hey, that's life. Peace out.